Hello, my friends. Prince Harry has dropped a new video. It's a diss track, as always. This time he's not disparaging the royal family in the UK, but he's attacking the media and social media and, frankly, Republicans. It's all a bit tiresome, and it makes me wonder who exactly is paying Harry to say these things, because we know he doesn't roll out of bed for less than a mill. I'll take you through the video line by line and you can make up your mind for yourself. But before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. Why? That's the video version of the show and you'll see Prince Harry himself in his own words. Now, you'll hear the audio on the podcast, but I'd love it if you could see the guy. Oh my God, he's irritating. Um, you can get the Rebel News Plus just by going to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe, it's eight bucks a month. And there you go. And we rely on that dough to pay the bills because we don't take any money from Trudeau. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Prince Harry tries to save America, but they just won't listen to him. It's November 10th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. You know, I hope Queen Elizabeth lives to be 120. I think she's a great monarch. She's the Queen of Canada, as you know. Check your passport, your coins your stamps, your constitution, if you forgot. I like having a queen, and I like having her far away, as opposed to having a president. I want our prime minister to have someone superior to him in the pecking order, even just in theory. Let the queen and let her governor general have all the royal trappings. I don't think politicians should be that grandiose. I think the American presidency is a bit out of control in that regard. I mean, seriously, why exactly does Joe Biden have to have dozens of cars in his entourage when he visits the Global Warming Conference? It's not a partisan comment. I'm sure Trump's armada was just as large. It can't all be for security, can it? I think it's a regal thing. I think it's because the Americans got rid of their royalty. They don't have actual royalty. So they're inventing it. They're going for fake royalty, sports royalty, Hollywood royalty. Other than the queen, my favorite royal used to be Prince Harry before he was married. You know, he served in Afghanistan in real situations, not at a desk in Kabul, out in the field, fighting with regular blokes, with Gurkhas too, in real risky situations. He told his grandma, it was the best thing he'd ever done, the best place he'd ever been, the most meaningful. I'm sure it was. It was probably the first and only time where he was treated as an equal by all those around him and vice versa. And then he became an extra in the Meghan Markle show. <laughs> I mean, literally, the traveling road show, uh, alternating between cringeworthy whining and attacks on the royal family, and then laughably demanding privacy from the media. So awful. I understand that uh, others in the royal family call Prince Harry the hostage. I don't know if that's true, uh, but I love it, and it seems to fit. So they're Americans now, not uh, him legally, but they're living there. I think the Brits are fed up with them. 
The Brits sort of love the royals, and they admire the queen for her dignity. Harry used to have that dignity. Oh my God, he does not have it anymore. He's crass, Americanized in the worst sense of that term. So like I say, the Americans love royalty though. They crave it, they miss it, so naturally, uh, Harry and Meghan have moved to America. Do you remember when, very briefly, Harry and Meghan lived in Canada and those gazillionaires demanded that Canadian taxpayers pay for private security for them? You have to pay for private security. You have to pay for your own alarm system, but we got to pay for theirs. Why? Are, they, are you royals? You're not royals anymore. You refuse to do the work of the royal family, refuse to serve those functions, but you want all the hype and all the free cash, right? Of course, they dumped Canada in a second for Hollywood. Are you kidding? <laughs> Surprised they stayed here at all. It gets worse and worse. Their hypocrisy is incredible. They claim to have social consciences, but they don't roll out of bed for less than a million dollars. They're wringing out all the money from the royal name. Why bother? Why not just, you know, be actual royals and have the dough that way? Uh, it, it's such a dumb plan they have, but mainly it's painful to watch the best royal become the worst royal. So many instances, but do you remember this one when Harry was turned into a Hollywood agent, pressing the heads of studios for a role for his B actress wife? Yes. Yeah, that's sad and pitiful, but I, I, I don't know, I guess it worked. Um, but as we get to know Harry and Meghan, we see that their wokeness has metastasized and it's turned into cancel culture. That's my news for you today. Prince Harry, I shouldn't call him Prince. It's not really Prince in any way other than he was born one. He's calling for censorship in America and he is, like his wife, a really screechy leftist. Um, let me just show you this has made me chuckle. Uh, just a quick laugh. Prince Harry says Megxit is a misogynistic term. The Duke of Sussex called out tabloid hatred and online misinformation. Oh, shut up, Harry. But listen to this guy. Listen, take a look. I learned from a, a very early age that the incentives of, of publishing are not necessarily aligned with the incentives of truth. Um, you know, my experience... I guess has been more pre-social media around uh, the UK press who sadly conflate profit with purpose and news with entertainment. Um, and they don't report the news, they create it. And they've successfully turned fact-based news into opinion-based gossip with devastating consequences uh, for the country. Hang on. You don't show up for less than seven figures. You're not an expert in anything actually, but you're taking corporate jobs with fake titles like, Chief Impact Officer, I'm serious. But you're not that smart. You've accomplished nothing other than being a soldier, which you've thankfully not renounced, though I'm sure that's yet to come, given your hatred for toxic masculinity. Um, you're talking about conflating profit with purpose, but you're doing that after renting out your family name for millions. You go on Oprah and gossip about your family and tell family secrets 
And you're a critic of gossips? Here's some more. I lost my mother to this, um, this self-manufactured rabidness. And obviously, I'm determined not to lose the mother to my children to the same thing. Um, and when I said in the mental health series many months ago that they won't stop until she's dead, that was, a, that was I guess, more of, a, more of a warning, not a challenge. Yeah, you're crazy, mate. No one's trying to kill your wife, though you certainly have a few Oedipal uh, issues to work through. Uh, he really is a hostage, isn't he? Watch this. It, it's quite something. He wants the public life. He's doing a public live stream right here. He's the one who brings up his wife again and again. He's the one signing Hollywood deals, but then he says people who engage in hate speech need to be silenced. Wow, now what hate speech is he actually talking about? Well, listen, here's 90 seconds. Listen to the example he gives of hate speech. Spoiler alert, I showed it to you a moment ago. We've been led to believe that this challenge is too big to fix. It's too big to solve. What I've learned over the last six months um, as part of the Aspen Commission is that simply isn't true. Um, you know, just as much as just as much as a virus, there are super spreaders to monitor and, and contain. Um, and even the word super spreader has just been added to the dictionary, I think, just last week. Um, and for good reason. Look, as you point out, we know that a small group of accounts are allowed to create a huge amount of chaos online and destruction and without any consequence whatsoever. Um, now more than ever, people are susceptible and I believe vulnerable to persuasion, um, desperate to be part of something, you know, wanting to believe in something. So when it comes to the media, and I mean social media and mainstream media, parts of mainstream media, people are being enlisted. Um, and, you know, as you say, thanks to, to yet another independent report, you know, let's pull up some stats here just so I get it right. More than 70% of the hate speech about my wife on Twitter could be traced to fewer than 50 accounts. Um, perhaps the most troubling part of this is the number of British journalists interacting with and amplifying the hate and the lies, um, but they regurgitate these lies as truth. Um, so, you know, in, in fact, the term, and maybe people know this, maybe they don't, but the term uh, Megxit uh, was or is a misogynistic term. Um, and it was created by a troll, amplified by royal correspondence, and it grew and grew and grew onto mainstream media, but it began with a troll. Yeah, mate, using the phrase Megxit isn't hate speech. In the UK, there was Brexit, and Megxit rhymes. Everything in the UK is exit now. Just like in America, there was Watergate. So everything ends with gate if it's a scandal. It's, it's not hate speech, it's, it's just a way of talking. You're a pompous ass who wants all the benefits of the tabloid media, but none of the consequences. You want to be able to say stupid things and yet be immune from people saying stupid things back. Though I don't think Megxit is actually stupid. It's sort of fun. What a weirdo. Watch some more. Have you, have you ever had a chance to present your case to the leaders of these companies, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey? No, not, not, not directly, not personally. Um, uh, Jack and I were, were, were emailing each other prior to January the 6th, where I, I warned him that his platform was allowing a coup to be staged. Uh, that email was sent the day before, and then it happened, and I haven't heard from him since. Hang on, a coup? A, a coup to be staged? What coup? Do you mean the great meandering?
when a group of people wandered around the Capitol building. Now, I don't like that they entered a building and sat in offices they weren't supposed to. I don't like that. There were some glass smashed. I know that the only person killed that day was a protester, Ashley Babbitt. I know that the government has not charged anyone with rioting, let alone with insurrection. And then there's the weirdness of all the FBI agents involved. Just take a moment on this, because, because here's a British prince lecturing Americans on politics and violence and coups and what's happening in their country. I want to show you how stupid he is. Uh, I don't think he's actually watched this. I don't think his wife allows him to. Take a look at who was involved in that Capitol riot. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Yeah, no, mate, it wasn't a coup. It was an FBI sting operation. I don't believe you actually had a premonition of it, Harry. And I think Jack Dorsey, the boss of Twitter, is wise to block you as a spammer. You were probably just pitching some product endorsement for your wife, weren't you? I'd love to, I'd love to see those emails. All right, here's a little more. I was already established. This isn't just a social media problem. It's a media problem. Um, I've grown up learning that news should be sacred ground. Um, and you don't have to be Logan Roy or Rupert Murdoch to understand that clickbait is the descendant of targeted advertising. Um, you know, have you ever noticed that the truth is paywalled, but the lives, the lies are free, right? So when a lie spreads on social media, it's dangerous. Of course it is. But when that same lie is given uh, credibility by journalists uh, or publishers, um, it's unethical. And as far as I'm concerned, an abuse of power. Um, you know, if, if the, if the media, news media, is supposed to be holding us to account, who is holding them to account? Because it's kind of become like a bit of a digital dictatorship. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, looking for, the, looking for the solutions, I really feel as though we have to invest in and support professional, honest journalists who respect and uphold the values of journalism, not the pirates with the, pirates with the press cards um, who have hijacked the most powerful industry, the freest industry in the world. You know, real journalists have the power and the will to tackle racism, misogyny, lies, all of it from within their own system. So what I would love to see is a, is a movement for journalists to expose the unethical, the immoral and dishonest amongst them. 
I've never seen a bigger collection of buzzwords. He's got all these phrases and little catchphrases. It's weird. Now, I don't have a lot of time for journalists either, by the way. I think they're all ideologues. But they would say the same about me, isn't, isn't that? Because that's the thing. Everyone has their own opinion about what a journalist is. Uh, his hatred for journalism and his desire to correct them, and you heard him earlier, he is mad about disruption. He is mad that people have found something to believe in. That's what he said earlier. Now he's calling out the lies. Okay, what lies? Do you, you just mean opinions you don't like? Or are you just channeling your vain wife again and anyone who criticized her. It's funny that he says 50 Twitter accounts criticize him the most. That's a lot. I'm not sure if that's an interesting fact, but I should tell you, if you ever criticize Meghan Markle on Twitter, you will see the same thing in response. A massive professional PR campaign, all these little fake accounts coming out to defend her and swarm you. My point is, don't actually believe any of this. It's not real. Harry was paid to be on this little live stream, and he's saying things not in the interest of truth, but of his truth, namely that you shouldn't be allowed to criticize him or his saintly wife, even as he criticizes not only his own royal family, but the entire world, which you heard he's denouncing as racist and sexist, and he's saying Republicans want a coup. So he can say anything he wants about you. He can say anything he wants about other journalists. And by the way, I agree with him sometimes. But you just can't say a word about him. People now, more than ever, want and need truth. They want and need trust, and they want and need transparency. We're here to support them in any way possible. Um, you know, as, as, the, as the others you know, referred to, there's a lot of whistleblowing, and there's a lot of really damaging articles and facts that are coming out about these companies, but yet the change is not happening. Um, so, you know, again, advertisers, another call out to them, to them that, you know, that pay for these views, please know where your money is going and stop funding hate and lies. And, you know, I, the optimism really comes from me being able to, after the last six months of being surrounded by experts in the field from all walks of life, um, really, being able to imagine the real genuine good that can come from removing the harm because everyone benefits. This isn't about pulling the plug. This is about literally cleaning it up so everyone can come to work, can come to this community, these communities online and off and be welcomed no matter who they are, what they represent and what their beliefs are. But we need to have a shared reality. So he's calling for an advertising boycott of Facebook. Did you get that? If you're listening careful, he's saying that we have to remove the harm of the internet, clean up the internet. Use that word harm. Who paid him to say that? Will he disclose that? What's the angle? Because you know he doesn't do anything for free. Is it a coincidence that just as he's saying this, both the UK government and the Canadian government are bringing in censorship laws with similar versions in New Zealand and Australia, and then that Joe Biden's regime has promised to do the same thing. You said last week that companies and platforms like Facebook are killing people by letting us in. Let me get precisely what I said. I'm glad you asked me that question. One, I had just read that on the Facebook, Facebook pointed out that it was pointed out that Facebook, of all the misinformation, 
60% of the misinformation came from 12 individuals. That's what the article said. So I was asked that question about what do I think is happening? Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there giving misinformation. Anyone listening to it is getting hurt by it. It's killing people. It's bad information. My hope is that Facebook, instead of taking it personally, that somehow I'm saying Facebook is killing people, that they would do something about the misinformation, the outrageous misinformation about the, the vaccine. That's what I meant. Have they done enough, in your opinion, to stop? I haven't. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if they did anything today. Up to over the weekend, I don't think they had, but I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Will you hold them accountable if they don't do more to stop the I, When you say hold accountable, I just want to, I'm, I'm not trying to hold people I'm trying to make people look at themselves, look in the mirror. Think about that misinformation going to your son, your daughter. Your, your relative, someone you love. That's what I'm asking, all the way in the back. Harry is the worst royal. And that's saying a lot in a family with Prince Charles and Prince Andrew. Harry's for sale. He might as well be like a NASCAR driver with the patches of his sponsors on his suit. I don't think he believes a word he says. He doesn't really care about the world. He takes private jets to global warming meetings. He doesn't really care about citizens, not like his grandma does. I think he only cares about himself, his wife, and his bank account. He should be seen and not heard. Stay with us for more. But it is not the goal that renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? If the Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which to this day we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. So I dare 
the European Commission and the German government. Throw me in jail, lock me up and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated. Wow, the most powerful speech I have seen on the subject. That woman who speaks perfect English is actually a German member of the European Parliament. Her name is Christine Anderson. She's with the Alternative for Deutschland Party, and she joins me live from Brussels, the European Union headquarters. Now, Mrs. Anderson, what a powerful speech. Uh, what made you, what motivated you to say that? I haven't seen such strong words from any political uh, elected person in any country. Uh, what moved you to those words? Well, it's just, you know, what, what we have been seeing, which is going on for almost two years now, it has been a step-by-step -step reduction of civil rights and liberties. And um, that has always been kind of my, my topic. That's why I'm actually here. I want to fight for, you know, our fundamental rights. Um, but at, at that point, it had just gotten to a point where um, people... They just drag along and they do whatever they're told. And uh, it just kind of, you know, I just kind of sort of exploded because I'm really frustrated um, that people don't seem to get it, what, what is happening here. And uh, now we're talking about, you know, the imposition, basically forcing people to get a vaccination. And uh, the majority of the society, they, they think it's perfectly fine, you know, it is just the vaccination. Uh, well, this whole thing started with, you know, we're just gonna stay home for a couple of days we're just gonna you know wear masks for a, a few weeks we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna you know yeah. and now we're actually seeing uh, the repercussions of that which is basically or will lead to the fact that it is not about the fight against the virus this is all about control uh, to manage people, to move them around, you know, how the government wants them to, to move around. So th this this is so against everything I used to believe in or I still believe in, which is democracy, civil, uh, civil liberties, and the rule of law. And that has been taken away from us now. Because of Germany's experience with the Nazi party and the Holocaust, uh, that country, your country, has thought a lot about civil liberties and human rights over the last 80 years. And in fact, Germany has made human rights an important value um, because it, exactly. had, it had experienced firsthand what totalitarian violence and Nazism looks like. Um, I think that the world should listen to uh, people like yourself who are warning about this, but why has Germany, I mean, you, you are a voice for personal freedom and, and rejecting government authoritarianism. Why has Germany suddenly lost that? I mean, for, for decades, Germany was actually a liberal force, I think in part because of the Nazi experience. Where's that gone now? Well, that's in fact what I wonder too. Um, what we have seen over the last decades actually is that a shift has taken place. Um, for one, uh, people especially 
democracy in, in the Western democracies, they no longer consider freedom, civil liberties, and the rule of law as something special, as something that need to that you need to fight for and defend every day. They see it as something God-given that just fell into the blue sky on one sunny day, and oops, there it was. And uh, people simply seem to have forgotten. No, they had to be fought for. And a lot of people shed blood in obtaining the society that we now can enjoy to live in. Um, you see a different mentality, however, in the uh, Eastern Europe uh, uh, countries, because they remember uh, oppression and totalitarian regimes. They haven't been overthrown. It hasn't been so long. So they still remember and they see what's coming and they can feel and can they, they simply see it and they know what it feels like. But Western democracies, gosh, I, I, I'm sad to say, but it has gotten to a point they no longer care. They take it as something God-given and, you know, anything that is saying anything else, you know, uh, it's just being seen as this dissident now, especially my party. Um, we're, you know, considered to be right-wing right, uh, right -wing, uh, populists. Um, so there has, a shift has taken place. And we also see this in, you know, how people think of civil liberties, that I, as a free citizen, can move around freely, you know, this is now something considered dangerous because there is a virus and, you know, you need to protect all of the people. They simply don't get, no, it is a violation of my rights. Hmm. And that's what I'm trying to fight for. And that's what I try to convince people. Uh, they need to think about this. I, I follow the uh, your party, the AFD, for years, and it's it's very interesting to me. You've been demonized by the mainstream media. You said as right wing populists, but here you are talking about personal choice, personal freedom, uh, civil liberties, and it's the the madness of crowds that's calling for the authoritarianism. Ironically, you're the one who's standing up for civil liberties yeah. while the left is, is enjoying uh, a police state. Let me ask you this question. In your speech, you said something that that we need to hear a lot more of, I think. You use that Latin phrase, cui bono, which means who benefits, which I, I think is a good way to approach anything that seems strange or unusual in public life. Why is this happening? We know who's being harmed, we know who's being targeted, but who benefits, obviously, I mean, a vaccine manufacturer or someone else selling masks, I suppose, would benefit. But it's not just financial benefit. There's people who benefit by seizing power and control. In your mind, who has benefited from the last two years of authoritarianism? Well, you know, to be quite honest, I don't have the first clue. I, I, I couldn't name any particular people or a person, um, but it seems to me that um, there is a group of people that did benefit from this, and that is the political elite. I mean, their power has just gotten so much more. They uh, just, you know, accrued it. And uh, it's all about power and it's all about money. But um, rather than, you know, being able to answer the question who actually benefited, uh, I can tell you who did not benefit. And that is definitely the people. They did not benefit from any of that. 
Right. Um, now, I heard in your speech you said that you would rather have the government lock you up than forcibly inject you with something against your will. And by the way, that's an ethical code we learned the hard way through Nazi Germany in the Nuremberg Code, that you cannot do a medical procedure on someone without their freedom exactly. and informed consent. Um, now, you are a member of the European Parliament. I know that in the state of Victoria, in Australia, unvaccinated uh, legislators have been denied entry. They're in a local pub doing it by Zoom. In Canada, uh, there have been threats that any unvaccinated members of Parliament will be banned. And even the so-called Conservative Party opposition has agreed with this. Have you been banned? I mean, I see that you're in some... You're in the EU capital city now. Have you been banned from the chamber of the European Parliament because of your status? Um, I would have. Let, 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 let me put it this way. I would have. Let's just say I found a way around this. Um, but that's what they're actually trying to do. Two of my colleagues have actually been banned yesterday. They were not allowed into the building. And since there is no uh, remote participation uh, uh, propositions anymore, they actually are denied to exercise their mandate. So, um, but we, we see this happening all over. And I mean, to actually deny elected uh, uh, members of parliament even access to the building is denying not not only the MEPs their, their right to, to exercise their mandate. No, this is a direct um, violation of the rights um, of the people that elected that uh, representative. The idea of undermining Parliament. I mean, I, I don't want to misunderstand German history, but again, it was the authoritarian Nazi move to have a Reichstag fire and use that as an excuse to shut down democracy and civil right. liberties. There's no fire here. You're just being banned, or not you, but your colleagues are being banned from, from even participating in the parliament. It seems like a pretty fundamental attack on democracy. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But that's not the only, I mean, this is just one issue we're talking about here now mm -hmm. with a, a digital green certificate. Um, just looking at the EU institutions themselves, itself, uh, they are the very means to undermine the uh, democracies in the, in the member states. And people need to understand the EU institutions that has nothing to do with democracy whatsoever. It is a big show. It, it, it's a farce. Right. But democracy well, said, it is definitely not. It's a good reminder of the reasons why the United, uh, United Kingdom voted to get out. I, I forgot how dysfunctional the EU was itself. Let me ask you just two exactly. more quick questions. I know we, we've gone longer than we promised you, but what reaction did you receive? I know that in certain quarters you were hailed as a hero. I'd put myself in that category. What other reaction did your speech uh, engender? Well, I have to say the reactions I did get, they were uh, overwhelmingly positive. And like you said, yeah, I was seen as some kind of a hero. But that is actually the point that, that really should uh, uh, get us, you know, concerned. Because um, what did I do? I simply stated self-evident truth, which should be widespread knowledge in, in Western democracies. And I'm being, you know, seen as this hero now, as though I had stated something that was, you know, uh, revolutionizing for mankind. I did not. You know, it is simple 
simple truth that we should have embraced in, in our democracies. But apparently, uh, people have forgotten what democracy is all about. Last question. You mentioned um, that Western democracies have forgotten about the price paid for liberty. Of course, Germany uh, is a merger of East Germany and West Germany. After the fall of the Berlin Wall, there was a reunification. And those who lived in the East have uh, more clear memories of what authoritarian was yeah. like. Do you see a difference in Germany between West Germans uh, who have perhaps forgotten totalitarianism and East Germans, some of whom lived under it. Is there a difference between East and West in terms of the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates? Yeah, there absolutely is. And what holds true for Eastern European countries uh, also holds true for the, the, the Western part, uh, sorry, the Eastern part of Germany. And, you know, my explanation is in the Western democracies, it is basically made up of, of spoiled brats. You know, they have no clue what it means uh, to actually having to fight for your rights and um, so they are just standing there and now they're looking down on the East German uh, Eastern Germanys uh, uh, because they just think they're you know I don't know doing something but it's, it's not right what but they're actually doing what all of us should be doing and that is fighting for our rights. Well, I very much enjoyed our talk today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know the time zones, it's late over there, but uh, we'll keep an eye on your work from here in Canada, and uh, we hope to talk again. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. You're so welcome. It's our pleasure. Well, that's Christine Anderson, a member of the European Parliament from the AFD, Alternative for Deutschland Party. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your feedback. Catherine Chera says, Ezra, you always report the important facts that lamestream media totally ignores. Contributing monetarily to Rebel News is the best antidote to compact communism in Canada. Huge kudos to you and your Rebel News staff. Kudos. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Our team has never been bigger and better. We have folks across Canada, even in places where we have never had before. For example, Carrie Lamb, Kelly Lamb, excuse me in Saskatchewan and Alexa Lavoie with a growing team in Quebec. I'm really proud of our team. Chris Smith says, Gates is the kid with a magnifying glass burning us ants. <laughs> I gotta say that that's right. He gets away with it because he dresses and sounds like Mr. Rogers, but never forget that he was good friends with Jeffrey Epstein, the child rapist, long after Epstein was convicted and deemed a, uh, a sex predator. Like, he's still with friends. They still hung out. What would he possibly want to do with his friend, Jeffrey Epstein? Well, it's pretty obvious. I think he's a sociopath, but one with $100 billion. Richard Plant says, this is the conversation I've been waiting to hear, the conversation that everyone needs to hear, and I really like the way in which James Lindsay doesn't mince words, but tells it as it really is. The conversation talks about the agenda and all of its facets, but has no agenda except to tell the facts as they are, most people I speak to are still quite witty, and I think that speaks to fortunately the saying that my grandparents would use, most people are basically good. Hmm. I think most people are basically good. I think you gotta believe in that at least. The thing is, I think people are social creatures and peer pressure is an enormous force on them. 
I think people go along to get along. I think people are numb. You know, Karl Marx, uh, I think it was him who said that religion is the opiate of the masses. Well, I don't think there's a lot of religious people anymore, but there's so many other forms of opium, aren't there? I mean, social media, video games, pornography, um, just watch Netflix. And hey, did you see the new show? Don't worry about the world, just watch the new show, binge watch the next show. I think there's so many ways that we're numb to things and we don't rise up at provocations to our liberty. I think we're in dark times. That's our show for today. I'd like to leave you with a video of an active duty police officer who says COVID enforcement violates the oath she swore. It's quite a brave thing to say that when you're in active duty. I'll leave you with that video and until tomorrow on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home. Good night and keep fighting for freedom.
police on guard has given me so much hope. Right now, when I joined, well, I joined a while ago, but when I joined, it was more retired duty than active members. And in the last few months, that's done a complete flip-flop, and we are now more active duty members than retired. So the sleeping lions are slowly starting to wake up, and I'm seeing it more and more and more. And they are fighting. And we are now together. Our thinking line might have been compromised, but that line's expanded. And for the first time, we are standing together with all of you, all of you freedom fighters who see what's going on and who are awake. And we're now standing shoulder to shoulder, holding that line with you for the first time. I had a story recently. I was speaking with my sergeant. He came in, we were at parade. It's where they brief us about what has happened and what's going on in the community. And my sergeant said to me, I think we're gonna get a call. I think we're getting a call to an arena. There's a dad there who's for years paid for his children to play hockey. He's not vaccinated, he has an exemption. That exemption is over 10 years old. And he feels it's his right to go to that arena, sit down, not wear a mask and watch his kids play hockey. And I said, of course it's his right. I went in immediately and I spoke to my sergeant and I said, absolutely, under no, there's no way that I will walk to that arena wearing this uniform and I will escort that man off the property for doing something that he is completely entitled to do. My sergeant told me, well, prohibited activity, it's trespassing. And I once again said to him, it's not prohibited activity. He's paid to be there. He's done it for years. And every business, I understand they're private, but there's a reasonable expectation to what you can and can't do in those businesses that are open to the public. So I want you to know that I have your backs. And there are others like me, and we have your backs too. We see what's going on, and we are working hard behind the scenes. And we might lose a few battles, but it's my belief that we will win this war. Leaders on the job already acting like a bad, eh? What a girl.